and welcome back to Sports Talk Therapy post-week three of the 2022 NFL season. But we're not going to start there because, again, this is back-to-back week. Sean, I have a very important question for you again. Yes, Finn? What was the best part of your birthday? Was it A, the Mets game that you went to, B, the pimento cheese biscuits, C, the ice cream cake, D, Dude Perfect announcing their colony or whatever you want to call that, or E, none of the above, and it's something I'm not mentioning. I do like to mention the colony, Finn. Um, everyone's aware of my Dude Perfect fandom. I got texted that link by probably six different people. <laughs> um, so I was working, so I, I pulled it up in my Bloomberg terminal to be a little stealthy. No, I could have pulled it up, but... Yeah, uh, Dude Perfect Colony, uh, thank you for announcing it on my birthday. I really appreciate it, guys. It means a lot. Um, but out of all those, Finn, I am f- absolutely blown away by the ice cream cake. Um, Rachel said, "Do I, you want a cake or you want to make an ice cream cake? I was like, you can do that? Like, I didn't know you could do that. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, bottom layer was chocolate, had some chocolate chip cookies in the middle, a chocolate ganache dividing the layers, and then mint chocolate chip on top with a whipped cream frosting and some sprinkles. Absolutely fantastic. It was amazing. Um, I had three pieces of birthday cake, and I cannot say they were small. Um, but also on the cooking front, like Finn mentioned, uh, I made pimento cheese. Made pimento cheese, chicken, and waffles because for my birthday, I got a waffle maker, a cheese grater, my God. and a mixer. So I'm like, what can I use to use all threes at once? So fried chicken and waffle sandwiches, pimento cheese. I brought the pimento cheese to work today because I have so much left over. It's fantastic. I'll have to make it again for you guys. Um, but yeah, great day to have a great day. Uh, as I wished everyone on their 23rd birthday and then Rachel remembered right on my birthday card in my Jermaine Samuels year. Uh, yes. Great. <laughs> there we go. Let's go. But I yeah, don't I'm, I'm yeah. team birthday cake. Um, if I can resist eating it for the next two weeks, I'll leave some in the freezer. So if you do end up traveling down here during Brian's five day expedition somewhere in the Northeast. Um, but yeah, it was a great day. Great year ahead. And, uh, yeah, we'll go with that. I, I'm so happy that, that Rachel brought up the Jermaine Samuels here again. I had forgotten about that because I'm, so I'm, I'm exiting mine soon enough. Colin's not that far behind me. I need I need to cherish it. I mean, you only get you one Jermaine on Samuels here. Yeah, I know. Can you use your COVID year and your Jermaine Samuels year? Yep, I'm doing that. Great idea. <laughs> <laughs> Run it back. <laughs> I'm still 23. I'm using my COVID year. Yes. That's phenomenal. Speaking of phenomenal, I, I thought week three, despite maybe it not being the most fundamentally sound football being played, I thought there were a ton of entertaining games, especially in the uh, early and late witching hours. I don't know if you guys agree. I'm right yeah, there with you. Better weeks, I think. Yeah. Uh, low scoring fantasy week. So we got a lot of texts from Alec asking about his lineup. Yep. But. Uh, like you said, some great games. Uh, unfortunately, both the Lions and Giants did not pull it out. Um, Browns uh, able to get the dub over the Steelers on Thursday night. And, uh, yeah, so, Stuart, you want to start with game spotlights or dysfunctional team commentary? Let's do, let's do some game spotlights here. I have uh, 
I know the the main game that I, I think I can leave to one of you two guys because I have another game that I want to talk about first. Or not first, after that. All right, my I'll go first. My game spotlight is definitely not the game Finn's talking about. <laughs> I'm going with Jaguars Chargers. Yep. Um, was this a great game? No, but everyone was riding on the Chargers. Chargers have looked great. Justin Herbert promising young quarterback. But, hey, guess what? The guy on the other side's good, too. Now he's got a real coach, Doug Peterson, coaching him up. They absolutely pummeled the Chargers in L.A. I think big statement game for the Jacksonville team, proving to people that they are not the Jacksonville Jaguars of old. They've got a pretty good defense. They've got a quarterback who can sling it. They have two very capable running backs in James Robinson and Travis Etienne. And honestly, in that division, I think this team can make some noise. And uh, if they get in the playoffs, you get a rookie quarterback playing with a little bit of confidence who just – is he ugly? Yes. Is he built to play football? He also is. Oh, also, Nationals are up 2-1 on the Braves. Um, Just need to bring that up. Mets are tied. But anyway – so yeah, it's my game spotlight. Jaguars stepping out of the dark ages, hopefully into like some sort of contention spot in the South. Yeah, I'm I'm floored by this turnaround for Jacksonville. I mean, I know it is early to say that after week three, but dominated the Colts in week two, handled the Chargers in week three. Trevor Lawrence looks legit. Doug Peterson is a real coach. And uh, just like you were saying, Sean, they have a very, very real chance to win the AFC South, which I did not expect before the season. Neither did I, but they're in a good spot. And I had to restrain myself and hit the mute button there because Brian De La Cruz hit a home run. The Mets are losing. Mm. Um, big Mets week. But anyway, uh, someone else can go to their game spotlight. I mean, I, I want to quick, quickly just comment also that it looks like uh, I, I kind of I feel like I have to – apologize slash like or not apologize but like realize that man christian kirk is it time for yeah. a race like he's in a race i think he might need he might be underpaid he's been great this year having like he's clearly him and lawrence have a great connection he's perfect for that offense he's been one of gotta be a, he's been a top 10 receiver probably in the league so far this year so shout out christian kirk and uh making the haters of which i was one of them on his contract uh eat their words a little bit but yeah the Trevor Lawrence is uh, the goat. I'm part of my take QB tiers, so it's this team yeah. made, uh, is a dark horse. I'm interested to see how they play against the Eagles this week. You know, stiffer test. Can we give a Colin? Can we give uh, your guy Kenny G? Switch him out with Kirk. Man, dude, Kenny G. Uh, Kenny G. Just I mean, that's what happens when you you just you have so much. Uh, Elite QB play, and then you get that taken away from you, and then it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, you know. Just sometimes that happens, you know. Stafford just is so so good that it's tough. It's a tough one. You know, what are you gonna do? Yeah, that that Cooper Cup guy must be nothing. <laughs> Dude, nothing. I know this is slightly off track, but bringing up Kenny G made me think. So if if Lions Kenny G with Matthew Stafford throwing to him is like the real Kenny G, I, I can't remember the exact holy moly quote, but like the smooth sacks, Colin, do, do you remember it? Yes. Uh, or the – no, I, I know what you're talking about. I don't remember the quote though. Yes. Kenny G is, is the, the smooth sacks, man. That, the Kenny G on the on – the, the now Kenny G is like – it's like a – it's like a fourth grade orchestra, like Kenneth Grant 
with like mm-hmm. a bad saxophone. It's just banging <laughs> on the floor. Yes, I. You answered my question. Thank you. Before I even finished it, we're always in sync on this show. And now you just mentioning a fourth grade orchestra made me realize another potential way that um or musician that Kenny Galladay could be compared to. Are you guys familiar with my gong story? I'm not. This is personal story time on Sports Dog Therapy. So I am in fifth grade. We have in our music class a, like we had a buddy, the fifth graders always had a buddy with a kindergartner and the kindergartners were putting on a play in their music class. So in the fifth grade music class, we were going to play all of the instruments behind them. They decided to make this a draft for what the fifth graders wanted to pick. I got the first overall pick in the instrument draft. What did I pick? The gong. So we're going through our first rehearsal, I guess if you want to call it that, for this play for the kindergartners. I have never played the gong before. I had no idea how hard you had to hit a gong in order for it to make the amount of noise that it should. I was playing a lot of baseball at the time. You guys may see where this is going. So I did a full-on, like, David Ortiz, full power swing into this gong, squished the bug with my back foot and everything. When I tell you how loud this noise was, that the entire school could hear it, and it was ringing throughout the hallways. Um, yeah, that's what happened with the gong. So Kenny Galladay might also be me trying to play the gong. Just incredibly Maybe. poorly. Now, Finn, I actually lied. I heard the gong story before, mm-hmm. but it's so great. The people need to hear that. <laughs> Um, my favorite reference in the gong story has to be squishing the bug, yeah. fundamental technique, turning that back foot. Yep. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe we should get a gong for like, I don't know, like sports talk therapy, just like a, whenever someone says something, just hit the gong. But. Yes. That's perfect. Yeah. But it has to be exactly as loud as it was when I did that in, in fifth grade music class. There we go. Yeah. Finn, I don't think Kenny G has the power to, to create that noise. Thank you. I don't think no Kenny G has the willpower to hit the gong. No, no not, he doesn't have that either. He doesn't have the power or the willpower. I, I guess so. Fourth grade orchestra with a recorder and a shitty saxophone. Where, where were we? <laughs> Game spotlights, I guess. Game spotlights, okay. yeah. I don't know, Finn. We talked about my game spotlight. Mm-hmm. Do Perfect Colony, my ice cream cake, and your gong. What a show. What, what a show. Wrap it up 11 minutes in. Good uh, luck with the uh, the little subtitles. <laughs> no, this is this is a grand day for me. Like I keep notes while we're doing the show on what I'm going to put in like the the description. I've already got like way more notes than I usually do by this point in the show, so I'm thrilled right now. Um, I guess we could talk about the game that I wanted to spotlight here. It's not the the main game of the week, which I'm guessing Colin will spotlight. And even if he doesn't, we'll talk about it at the end. I want to talk to you guys about Texans versus bears and not necessarily the game itself, but Justin Fields on paper, the bears are two and one. You're like, Oh, that's great. You know, your second year quarterback may be developing. No, there have never been more questions about his future as an NFL quarterback than right now. I am personally invested with two high draft picks on two dynasty fantasy leagues. So I am especially been stressing out about his performance so far this season, but 
I'm curious to get your guys' take on the current situation with Fields, if it's salvageable, if the Bears need to put more around him, or if this just kind of is who he is at this point. I think it's too – Colin, go for it. Sure. Yeah, I'll I'll start. I mean, because Finn, I am also invested, but not as much as you. But uh, you know, my QB, my QB draft evaluation reputation kind of, I did, I stuck in my neck out for Field Justin Fields, so uh, I got that riding in this a little bit. But I mean, I I don't understand what this function fundamentally is fundamentally is for me is that I don't understand. I don't understand why he seems to have regressed significantly from last year. Uh, I, to me, it can all, it, it has to be, I mean, obviously he's playing very poorly and he said that really, really poorly, like, like shockingly poorly. Even if he, like, even as if you say he would bust, I don't think that this is how bad he is. Uh, I actually haven't, I mean, I've seen, a little bit of the bears this year, but I've also had to turn it off because it makes me want to vomit. Uh, but I mean, from what I can tell so far, he's just not trusting himself at all. Like it, it seems a bit too from the people that I've, that I follow or whatever, the evaluators, it seems like a lot of this is that he's just not like he's seeing more than at least is being reflected on paper. Like, it's not like he's Nathan Petermaning it, but, like, he just can't pull the trigger on this. Um, like, on make, like he sees the open guy. He's just really struggling. He's holding the ball way too long. He's not a bunch of different things. But it seems like uh, people are saying it's more of a problem. I mean, it is a processing issue, which you knew he had coming in. He, he has a hard time. Quickly, he's always that guy who held on to the ball for a really long time, which is fine. Like if you're trying to make plays, but you got to be knowing to get rid of the ball and or you got to be making big plays when you're doing that. But I'm hoping that he can nail this down, get some confidence. I mean, the other problem is, I'm sorry, you can't throw the ball 30% of the time and expect your quarterback to get into a rhythm. You can't. I mean, you put in a new offense, your quarterback, you give him absolutely nothing around him. Literally, literally, he is throwing to a late round receiver who was showed a little bit of promise last year, Cole Komet, who has looked absolutely nothing but not very good since he got into the league and a bunch of scrubs. So like, it's tough for me. Like I can legitimately look at this receiving court and say that on the lions who are not a good team, none of these guys in my opinion, would get significant targets on our offense. Uh, I mean, I still personally believe that Justin can this year turn this around somewhat into reasonably respectable numbers contingent on his offense and Eberflus doing something and giving him something to work with. And in the future, turning this around into being a solid NFL quarterback. But if he doesn't look better this year, I mean, regardless of what he has around him, it is an indictment on him a little bit as a quarterback at the very least, and it is going to be difficult for him to – there are not a lot of guys who have this bad of a year two and go on to be good quarterbacks in the league, so I'm hopeful that he turns this around. But I am very deeply concerned. Uh, I did just trade one fab for him in my fantasy league, so 
uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's hard for me to, to, to square this with reality a little bit. Yeah. Colin, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it's a, it's a confidence issue. It looks like he's trying not to be bad, not trying to be good. And I think until that shift happens, he's not going to be a good quarterback. Um, too early to go up, up on, in my opinion. They have to throw the ball more, like you said. He has to make mistakes. He's still learning, bro. Um, yeah, pretty much. They're just leaving Justin Fields in, like, I don't know, leaving him in double A, and he's like, he'd be okay, but he's never going to be anything if you don't push him and try to make him better. Because they've got quite the dynamic running attack with both Montgomery and Herbert, and even if they don't have great weapons, someone should get open when you're running the ball that well. Um, but we'll see how it changes. Hopefully they get a good quarterback in Chicago. It's been a while since the Rex Grossman glory days. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you for both of you for breaking that down very well and giving me some slight optimism that I can take and be like, see, this was a good way to spend you know, a high dynasty draft pick. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, even that's the, the whole thing is that even if he wasn't going to be good in the NFL – we still thought he should be good in fantasy because it was rushing outside. Yeah. Like he, at this pace, he could literally set the record for like quarterback rushing attempts to fantasy production. Like the, like the, as of right now, he a hundred percent has to have like the most rushing attempts by an NFL quarterback ever for the, like for the fantasy production that he's given. Like, I mean, it is historic how inefficient he's been. It's got to regress somewhat, even just based on, like, I don't know. But then again, you can't take sacks on 20% of your dropbacks and also turn over the ball base or have a turnover-worthy turnover, turnover play on uh, 10% of your dropbacks. Like, you can't – I mean, he had 17 attempts passing, and he had five sacks and two picks. So, uh, God. clearly something has to change here. Yeah. It's, it's, it's bad. But I also – I mean, I don't know. I don't think this happens – in a non-Chicago place, I think. I mean, I I am also biased, but I, this is crazy to me. I, I don't understand. So, hopefully, Finn, hopefully, he turns it around. But I, I I am dejected like you a little bit. Yeah. Um. So I could like I guess it's my game spotlight. Uh. I I I wish I could talk about Bills Dolphins. I actually didn't watch the game. Oh wow. Uh. Yeah. This weekend I was at. And really staying with our buddy Jack. Uh, also, I didn't realize that my family has Red Zone. I didn't realize I had access to that. So <laughs> uh, I just watched whatever game was local on the East Coast, which was uh, Ravens Pats. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and I illegally streamed the Lions. Yes. And then the only other games that I actually watched this week, like up close, were. Uh, Giants Cowboys, which we're going to talk about in dysfunctional team commentary, and I didn't watch the Thursday game this week, which we also are going to talk about in dysfunctional team commentary. And I refused to watch any of the four twenty five games out of protest for the NFL not flexing a different game. So that leaves me to talk about Pats uh, Ravens. There you go, totally what I expected. Uh, I mean, Lamar is a monster. Mm-hmm. We've we've already discussed this on this show, but he's having like a historic. MVP, this is better than he started his MVP season in 2019. Uh, right now, to me, I think he's the best quarterback in the league. Uh, you can argue Josh Allen. 
for sure. I think that that's a reasonable argument. Uh, I think that Jalen Hurts had a great start to the year, but I mean, it's stupid. He's has he's currently tied for the NFL lead in touchdowns with, but like with all the other teams, like Lamar Jackson versus the rest of the teams in the NFL in touchdowns. He is tied with the Lions for first. Uh, I mean, in New England, there's one play where two guys had him in the backfield, like on opposite ends. And he created, he made a first down. Uh, it was just like one of the most ridiculous plays I've seen anyone make. Uh, Mark Andrews having a, a stupid year. Uh, and then the pass side, even though Mac, I don't understand what's going on with Mac Jones because like his whole thing was that he's going to avoid turnovers. But in this game, he's like scrambling all the time, like effectively and also making these like crazy good throws, but then also making crazy mistakes. Like I don't, I are in like weird alternate universe, Matt Jones, Mac Jones. This is like the, the, uh, Oh god, the multiverse Mac Jones. Like he's just like <laughs> it's basically just like I don't know, just like freaking Russell Wilson, but I don't know. It's I don't know what's going on with Mac. I actually came even though Mac made all these really terrible boneheaded throws and then got hurt, I actually came away from this game very encouraged about Mac because just because he's making he makes some incredible throws also. Uh Devontae Parker had a great game. This is a gameplay without Jacoby Myers. Uh my guy Ramondre Stevenson looked fantastic. Uh, Mac, I mean, I, I think I have to, this is really just a ploy for me to call out the family analysts who called Mac a statue and said he had Eli Manning mobility, which is just clearly not true. Five for 31 on the ground. So, hey, you know, all suck. Chad Power uh, can fly. Gritty. Nearly, nearly converted a, uh, crazy two point conversion. Oh, that was so that cool. If, that would have been so cool. Uh, running back came around the end, got the ball, was tackled in the backfield, and then shovel pass to Mac Jones, makes a guy miss, gets in the end zone. Uh, but knee was down before he lateral the ball. So that was unfortunate. Was hoping to see that as a two-point conversion. But, yeah, I mean, like I think the thing holding the Pats back is that their offensive play calling is like just the stupidest <clears throat> thing ever. We've already covered all of this, actually, on this podcast, so I'm going to stop. Uh, so there's your rehash of recap on my opinions on the Ravens and Pats, two teams that I've already given my opinion on many times in the last three weeks. So you're welcome. Pats are going to be bad. Yeah. They're going to be really I mean, bad. At, uh, Pats, Brian Hoyer led Pats at home against the Lions. Oh, what do we think? Not good. No DeAndre, Swift, no DeAndre Swift Lions, no Tracy Walker. This week we had uh, uh, basically everyone on our offense is is out this week. Or he's not out, but like mm-hmm. he's not practicing. So yeah. you never know. I think it's actually the Lions going to be pretty close. Mm-hmm. Shocking. I, I do think the Patriots defense is still pretty solid. I mean, I Lamar carved them up in the fourth quarter, but I thought they played pretty well through the first three quarters. And when you're not playing Lamar Jackson, things are usually easier. Yeah. But uh, Mac being hurt, the face he made going into the tunnel, not a good face. Not a face yeah. of a guy that's going to play anytime soon. Um, Brian Hoyer has been in my life for what feels like an eternity. <laughs> starting originally as the, the Patriots backup for years. And then he was the Browns quarterback for a little bit. And then he's been back on the Patriots. 
Um, yeah, they're going to die in Green Bay this weekend, and I'm not looking forward to it. Yeah, it's not going to be a watchable game, probably. Yeah, I had to guess. It is the uh, uh, first uh, one of the year where when the Browns and Patriots are staggered on Sundays, one of them is at one, the other one's at four. It's like the best thing ever for me, so I can always just watch straight through. But uh, yeah, that four o'clock game is going to be pretty rough between the Packers and the Patriots. I mean, when when they play the Lions, it's going to be a, a immovable object and unstoppable <laughs> force. So it's the perfect game for us to go to. Yes. 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 Right, who wants to go functional dysfunctional team commentary first? Finn, you, you're you're happy. You might be the only happy one among us. You want to go first? Yeah, sure. I um yeah, Browns played on Thursday night football. Came on the show last week and was talking about how I was terrified for it because the potential for disaster if they lost that game was going to be massive, and somebody probably would have gotten fired on the the mini bye week. But we don't have to worry about that. Browns end up winning 29-17, to 17, I believe it was. Um, wasn't that that margins misleading. The Browns scored a, a garbage time touchdown as time expired. But a lot of good things came out of this game, mainly on the offensive side of the football. Kevin Stefanski is throwing a master class right now through these first three weeks of how to call an offense. It, he's always been like this, but... It's been elevated this season for sure. I mean, the running game with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt is phenomenal. We already knew that. But Kobe Brissett might be good, or at least at a minimum, he is perfect for this offense for what they needed from a backup quarterback. He's hitting the open guys, not taking you know crazy deep bomb shots down the field, but hitting a lot of intermediate routes. Amari Cooper has been awesome. He was the first Browns receiver with back-to-back games of 100-plus yards since 2013 Josh Gordon. It's been that long since they've had a guy go 100 back-to-back weeks. He's been great. Najoku had a big game this week. I think the most catches in his career, he went 9 for 80-something in a touchdown. And it's, it's just a really efficient offense that starts with the run, mixes in some play action and some intermediate passing. It just works really well. I'm Really happy with what I've seen so far from the offense. Um, Again, my rant last week about the defense. They still uh, left some things to be desired this week. Better than the Jets game because it's it's hard to be worse than that. But I think they still need to clean up some communication on the back end there. And also um, the onside kick thing almost happened again. They botched another onside kick. They were so lucky it went out of bounds. Otherwise, we might have had another uh, rant like the Jets game last week. But 2-1 and one, Falcons this week. That's a game they can win. Good start to the season. And, uh, yeah, the last note I had here is that uh, the main story this week has been Miles Garrett in that really, really scary car accident. It seems like him and the passenger are okay, which is great news because I don't know if you guys saw the photo of the car. That was really bad and could have been much worse. I heard his car like flipped over a bunch of times. So yeah. good thing the mouth gear is okay mm-hmm. and the passenger's okay. So uh. Yeah, there there are some reports about it. Like maybe he'll play this week. I'm like, what? Like you you would no. be a yeah. insane like superhero <laughs> that you don't need to do that, Miles. You take your time. No worries. Yeah, anytime you hear single car accident or non-contact leg injury, problem. 
yeah, not good. They said it was um, he was swerving to avoid an animal on a wet road. Was the, the yeah? I heard it was a deer, and, the, and then I saw a meme with a bunch of Browns people in hunting outfits saying everyone in Cleveland this week searching for the deer. Yeah, yep. So there you go. Not a, not a good not a good week to be a deer in Cleveland. No, it is not. All right, I'll write that off on my bucket list. I really want to be a deer in Cleveland this week. But if you were a deer in Cleveland in approximately the years 2005 to 2007, you were getting barked at by my dog at 6.30 every single night. It was the second personal story of the day. But there was this like chair that he would hop up on at exactly 6.30 on the dot every single day, and there would always be a family deer running by, and he would bark his head off at him. Anyway, continue. Uh, I don't know which which one of us should go next here. The, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it's actually Jacoby Brissett has looked surprisingly. He's been good. He's good for good. good for Jacoby Brissett. He always seems to be a great guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can survive these these eleven games in in good position for a wild card. Never know what can happen. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, Sean. Do you want to go? Do you want to go? Or do you want me to go? Your call. Let me know. All right, we'll we'll, we'll go in order of. In order of the time the games as they aired, so I guess I'll go Monday night game for last. Um, Starting with the delicious man. taste of Honey Nut Cheerios, anyone what? can have fun taking care of their heart. <laughs> I thought that was me. I was looking for the video. <laughs> what was that? Uh, I don't know. I was honestly in a different tab working. I just heard Honey Nut Cheerios and assumed it was me. It was me. It was yes. in the ESPN. ESPN had this. Yeah, uh, I hate when that happens, dude. I hate that always happens. The ESPN website, like, um, it has to be on purpose. Where like you click on it, the video doesn't load, and then like it happens to me all the time. Where I have my headphones and I'm in the middle of talking, and it's just like God, God. The ESPN ad starts playing in my ears. All right, this segment is brought to you by Honey Nut Cheerios. All right, we can now continue. Um, yeah. Uh, well, it's Monday morning. No, I guess it's Wednesday morning, but it was Monday morning. And the Lions have blown another lead. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it was uh, it, it was a great. I mean, I, I saw it watching the game. Team looked good. The offense looked good. Even though DeAndre Swift was clearly not not right. Uh, I mean, we got off to a fourteen nothing lead. Uh, got off to a ten point lead. Got got we got, at one point it was it was twenty seven. 14 going into fourth quarter and the Vikings scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Um, believe the lions went for it six times on fourth down, uh, converted four of those. I love the aggressiveness from Campbell early in the game. Uh, I mean, Amon Ra got hurt during the game. Our offense was, was handicapped. We still scored a good amount of enough points to win. Um, and then the fourth quarter happened. I'm, I mean, this was the worst game. I don't know if you, you guys probably did not watch this game. Our, our corner, our, our second cornerback. Did you guys hear about this at all? What how is, how he performed during this game? I did not. <laughs> well, uh, he had he had six penalties. Oh. Uh, yes, all of them were for basically illegal contact. I'm 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 going with the Microsoft sounds also. That's my. <laughs> I don't know how to turn that off and turn leave you on. So anyway, sorry. Yeah, all good. Um, 
yeah. Uh, so, well, Lions are playing great. Uh, get into the fourth quarter. Up. Should be able to put this game away. Uh, Vikings score. Whatever. You know. Not a big deal. Uh, we get the ball back. Up. 24 to 21. With three and a half minutes left, we get the ball on the Minnesota 35. Fourth and one. Go for it. Try and put the game away. Uh, don't convert. Through a 14-yard pass downfield. I don't know why. Uh, whatever. Vikings get the ball back. We get the ball back. Stop them. Great. Great stop. Get the ball back. Drive back down again. We are in Vikings territory. 35. Again, basically. Uh, fourth and four. 54-yard field goal time. Fourth and four. Uh, this was for those who don't know. There's a guy named Ben Baldwin on Twitter who does has like a a, a bot that does fourth down uh, conversion decisions. Uh, and this was the worst one of the week. Because basically, what happens is if you go for this, you make it, you put the game away. You don't make it. Uh, you are at least they get the ball on the thirty whatever instead of at the spot of the kick, which was the forty whatever. So you get extra ten yards of field position and uh, also so if you if you don't make it you get ten they have to go ten extra yards and if you do make it the game they win the game instead of only being up six and not winning and not actually changing anything really. Um, so really, I mean, especially because we don't have a good kicker, Finn. Uh, how how much do you trust Austin Seibert to kick a fifty-four yard field goal? Zero percent. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, Dan Campbell, after going for it and, and putting it off in his hands all day, decided to kick the field goal. Austin Seibert missed the field goal. Uh, then the Vikings got the ball back. They have forty something seconds left. They are just past the fifty. Dan Campbell decides to call a timeout. God knows why. Uh, and then, out of the timeout, uh, blown coverage, touchdown, to lose the game. Um, it was a really, really disappointing loss, considering that, I mean, if you had told me prior to this game we would lose by four to the Vikings on the road, I would have been like, okay, fine, whatever, you know. Uh, but the way that this happened was pretty unfortunate. I was pretty depressed after this one. If, if I didn't have Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews on my fantasy team, it would have been a very, very depressing witching hour for, for me. Um, but, you know, bright side, Jeff Akuda is an absolute freaking stud. He has played like a lockdown corner these first three games. Uh, I mean, which, you know, what else can you really ask for out of your a guy who's now basically, in terms of game time, played hardly out of his rookie year. Um, uh, What's going on over um, there? I don't know. I was just about to. Yeah, I don't know. There seems to be some. Uh, seems like there's a some sort of animal. What is happening? There's there's some sort of like, like. Totally, there's like a. A small it seems like mic interference or something, but like also I don't know I couldn't tell. Was I was picturing there. like a small bird just like hopping on someone's keyboard, <laughs> flapping around. Yeah, I actually don't. I don't know. Yeah, it's like it's got to be like something with a mic. I don't know, but uh, yeah, 
I'm I'm a little bit depressed. I'm not gonna lie, this was a depressing loss. Uh, Campbell came out in the in the press conference, and his first thing that he said was, "I blew it." Uh, so at least he knows he's not Patricia, who would never admit that. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, this one hurt. This one hurt pretty bad. Um, but what do you do? I mean, they still played a good game. They still look good. Uh, our win probability was up to 93%, looks like. Just spit blowing. But uh, one and two. We got the Seahawks next week at home. And then the Pats on the road with Brian Hoyer. So hopefully we can go into this. If we can go, if we can get out of this three and two or two and three, still putting ourselves in contention for the wild card, which is more than anyone could have hoped for this year. Uh, so you know, what are you gonna do? Uh, shout out Jeff Akuda, guys. Absolutely, I think in so far this year he's allowed seven catches for ninety yards total uh, in three games. So he shut. He's absolutely locked down Justin Jefferson with three, two catches, three catches for like fifteen yards. So shout out Jeff Akuda. Uh, but. You know, Lions got clearly got a lot of work to do, and I, I want to see better decisions from Dan Campbell, especially when he had the he knew the right call the whole game. We were aggressive going for it, and to lose like that was really unfortunate. And Austin Seibert needs to be uh, out of the league immediately. I don't know, I don't want to ever see him kick for Lions again. So that's uh, that's all I got for this this for team commentary. Uh, <laughs> Colin, his name is escaping me, but how was the blocking this week from uh, our favorite guy? From Stenberg, thankfully, thankfully we got to sit Stenberg this week, so no more zeros and fours and pass blocking grade from Logan Stenberg. But uh, he, uh, he at least he serves a purpose, unlike Austin Seibert, whose only purpose is to miss field goals. So at least he's actually at least he's actually good at something. He's not just bad at everything. So uh, yeah. All right, well, <clears throat> Colin, at least you can be proud of the Lions. I can only be proud of the Giants after this, after this loss. Um, yeah, just not a great game. Uh, snoozer all around, could not get anything going on offense. The defense kept us in it. But honestly, when you're playing against Cooper Rush, you probably should be able to keep the, your team in the game. Uh, I got a little confident as soon as Saquon busted away and scored the touchdown in the second half. Had a good run, a little bit of energy. We just couldn't get anything going. Um, just sleepwalk through this game on Monday night. Not what you want to see, but I, I guess we're two and one. We're in a good spot. I can't complain that much. Um, <clears throat> Julian Love flying around the field. Going to go see him play Saturday. Go Julian, golf buddy. Um, Saquon's stats look okay, but if you take out the thirty-six yard run, it was pretty ugly. And uh, I- I'm sort of putting Danny Dimes under the. Uh, I'm going to put him under the Justin Fields microscope here. Like, we, we got to go for it more. I don't know. He's passive until he needs to be, like, aggressive. And then, like, his wide receivers let him down a couple times, a couple drops out of our guy Kenny G. I think uh, Bellinger had one. But tough injury, too, with Sterling Shepard tearing, tearing his ACL after tearing his Achilles last year. Um, it's going to be an uphill battle for this team. Uh, on the offensive end. The defense looked good again, so if Saquon can snap back into it, he's really going to need to carry this team, give Daniel Jones the opportunities to really 
get outside the pocket and move around a little bit. He did have nine rushes for 79 yards. He is, I don't know, he sort of reminds me like Eli when you run in Madden, just like he can run, but not like a runner. Uh, but, yeah, not a great game out of the Giants here. Uh, really, my, my one highlight was going to be Julian had 14 tackles. The next closest guy had seven. Uh, but, yeah, um, not a great start uh, to my – before my birthday. And, uh, yeah, we'll bounce back this week with a huge win against the Bears because we're playing Justin Fields. We can take that guy. Starting with a delicious taste okay, of let's again. go. More Honey Nut honey Cheerios. Cheerios strike back. I had, I had my hand <laughs> off the mouse. I was like, no Honey Nut Cheerios, but nope. Just wanted to – Back. Yeah, I mean Cooper Rush looked actually really good, which is shocking, but he actually played really well. But yeah, not a great game for, for the old, old boys in blue. Uh three and listening listening to him talk about it. Honestly, having a backup quarterback who's been in your system like forever is like the smartest thing in the world. He knows the offense well, he knows what to do, he knows the plays. He's not going to make mistakes, and uh, I think that's basically one in the game here. Definitely. I mean, what what are the giant? Why are, is did Kadarius Tony like beat someone in the front office, just like beat up their child, or like bully someone, or like you know, like mouth off to someone significant other? Like, why is he? Why is he not? This receiving core is not very good. Referring to Daniel Bellinger and Ricky James and David Sills. Why is Kadarius Tony not? Either cut him or play him. Like, I don't understand here. I understand he's hurt, but, like, got to work him in at some point. It's just getting a little ridiculous to me. But I don't know where your thoughts on that is, Sean. I don't know. I'm hoping he's just hurt. But, yeah, I don't know. A little bit head-scratching, and we're going to need him back now with Sterling Shepard out. So, uh, I guess we'll see whether he's a a rapper, a joker, or a football player. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the only Giants that I've watched in the last few years that have made me, like, at all, like, shown shown me something that seems like it could be an elite talent. Uh, but I, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe he's just hurt. Who knows? Saquon looked great, though. It's really – I feel like that's all you can say. But great. Saquon looks great, which is good. Saquon's cool. Danny Dimes is still fast. He is still fast. Um, I don't know. I want to like get on board with this team, and I think he, I think they're close. But a little bit of a step back here. We'll rebound this weekend and uh, get back after. Positive Giants fan. We're switching it from last year. I right picked against this intentionally. Good outlook right there. I think it is time for some bulletin board material. It definitely is. Um, we had a few baseball ones in my front this week and a couple football ones. I will start with the one that I knew no, no one else will have. Um, it comes from Daniel Vogelbach, who was caught in the Mets dugout in Oakland telling a story to Chris Bassett, Jacob DeGrom, and Pete Alonso. And the camera just pans the dugout just like unassumingly. And catches Vogelbach very clearly saying with a big smile on his face, I was in my effing bathroom. And then everyone giggles. What do we think Daniel Vogelbach was about to say? Wow. I 
I don't even know. <laughs> just like, imagine panning, panning the dugout. It's a nice. You're you're up four nothing in the sixth inning. You just see Daniel Vogelbach. So I was in my bathroom the other day, and I don't know what happened. Wow. Um. Bird got into the house. I don't know. I I have no idea. So many possibilities. I was I was going to go with something along the lines of like uh, he thought he had like someone like in his house, like or an animal's house, like Finn said, or like he remembered he was cooking something. Um. But yeah, that's uh, that's my number one, and then my number two. Uh, he's on the bulletin board because he's awesome, but also because he tore his pants twice. Tom Kim in the President's Cup this week. Uh, absolute legend, new fan favorite, played with heart, played with fire, played really well, 20-year-old, but he tore two pairs of pants <laughs> during his rounds. A um, little bit of tough luck for Tom, but he was a beast. He played really well, and uh, I'm a new fan. Love it. that was Tom Kim's a stud. Just just got too much booty. That's what happens. Had a couple here. First, I'm going to start off with something that is I'm going to call Cam Sims versus the Commanders. This is a tweet from Pete Haley, who is a Commanders writer for NBC Washington. Cam Sims is waging war versus the locker room right now. About 15 players are pro-blasting Rod Wave, who if you don't know, Rod Wave is a rapper, who Pete Haley just learned about five minutes ago, while Cam is not. Ask Terry McLaurin for context. He says, Cam wants to be tough 24-7 and isn't embracing the layers slash emotions of Rod Wave. I would like to to monitor this situation throughout the season, whether or not Cam Sims comes around on Rod Wave. I personally am a fan of Rod Wave. I think Cam Sims should come around there. Um, number two here, Dan Orlovsky for tweeting, I've never been happier. Freedom with a billion of F-R-E, all of the letters in the word freedom. Because, I guess this is a, a little weedle sneaking into here, <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo did the Orlovsky and ran out of the back of the end zone. Absolutely phenomenal. I think the best part about it, too, is that him doing the Orlovsky saved him from one of the worst pick sixes I would have ever seen in my life. That makes it so much better. So good job, Dan Orlovsky. I don't know if he's free from it. I think it will always be called the Orlovsky. I don't know if you agree, Colin, as the, the fan of the team on which it occurred on, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that Orlowski kind of has claimed that at this point, but, mm. you know, at least it, it, he's not the last one to do it. So Yes, that's, this is true. Takes, takes away the heat. Yes. And then this is another one that I think could be spun into a Weedle, but the, this quote I think was good enough to put it into bulletin board. This comes from Trent Sherfield, wide receiver for the Dolphins. My cheeks have a big W tatted on them. Why was that the case, you might say? Well, because he was the recipient of the butt punt. The butt punt was absolutely glorious. Miami backed up in their own end zone, trying to punt it out. 
punter goes directly into Trent Sherfield's ass. It was absolutely phenomenal, and I loved every second of it. It, it was fantastic. Um, I dubbed it the bunt punt on the stop, as did everyone else. Mark Sanchez, we talked about him last week for the wrong reasons. We talked about him for the butt fumble this week. That's good. That's yeah. what he's known for. Yeah. The butt fumble will always be the best, though. That was – that ruled. Mark Sanchez, I, I think he was still being a menace this weekend. Again? If I remember correctly. Oh, no. I think he was. I forgot what he said. <laughs> but he still still needs to be stopped. Uh, I'm not letting you off the hook, Mark Sanchez. Just because I forget what you said, you're, you're not off the hook. You need to be stopped. That was all I had. All right. Uh, I can start. I'll start with my other – do you guys see – so Tyree Hill has been a quote master. Yes. Uh, this year, uh, his his quote after about the butt punt was uh, Tyree Hill, I've never seen a butt punt, but next time he's going to catch it with his butt cheeks because he's got strong butt cheeks. So <laughs> – Tyreek Hill is a uh, is it's been an elite press conference guy so far this year. Uh, this weekend, Doug Peterson tied Urban Meyer for fifth all time in most wins by a Jaguars coach. Oh man! Yeah. Wow! Yeah, yeah. It's two. <laughs> it's it is two. That is that is correct. Yeah. It is two. <laughs> oh, no. There are, I don't understand how there are five coaches. I mean, it's got there's a bunch of interim guys in there, you know. But like, wow. I mean, I can't believe we we let Urban Meyer be an NFL coach. That's just crazy. Um. Yeah. Uh. Uh. Eli Eli Apple and so Tyreek Hill again is another. I got another one from him. He uh. He and Tua are just mercilessly talking trash to Eli Apple this week. Uh, his quote from this was, I owe you, boy. I'm going to get you. So uh, watch out. I'm, I really hope that Tyreek Hill and, and Tua said, if I see Eli Apple in single coverage with Tyreek, a single, like, at any time in this game, I'm, throw, I'm throwing the ball. And I want you to know I'm throwing the ball. So, Tua? Yeah, Tua's coming after it. Tua's coming in that, which I love it. Then uh, did you see the the breakdown during the Pats game of the under center? Oh my god! Uh, yeah, I did. Under center versus yeah. shotgun. This is, this is the same thing the Bengals have going on too, where basically every time they're in the gun, it's a pass, and every time they're under center, it's a run. I, I feel like that if you're an NFL team, like this shouldn't be happening. I feel like you should try and. Maybe I'm just maybe this is just what I do in Madden, but uh, I would I would imagine that it would be more effective if your runs and your passes could come out of the same formation sometimes. But you know what do I know? Uh, but all I know is that the Lions uh, we in week one against the Eagles. So this guy was doing a, an analysis on what the Lions. Did to, to, to have all these explosive runs against the Eagles. And something funny about the Eagles is that they have Jordan Davis, 
who is a monster as a run defender. So they are actually allowing uh, – when when Jordan Davis is in the game, the Eagles are allowing four and a half yards per attempt and one yard after contact. And then they're allowing seven yards per carry and 3.2 yards after contact when Jordan Davis is not in the game. And what we would do is go to the shotgun or run in situations where we were not expected to run, out of formations where we were not expected to run, when Jordan Davis was off the field. And five of our six explosive plays uh, – or sorry, all of our, all of Swift's explosive plays from that game came when Jordan Davis was off the field. So you never know. Maybe that's something that uh, that the NFL coaches look into. Don't worry, I'm I'm available for for mm-hmm. uh, for a small fee. Yes. Um. Uh. Yeah. That's this is uh oh the how about that? So the Washington Commanders so far and under Ron Rivera the last three years was that it. In 2020, they started off the season two and five with four double-digit losses in the first seven weeks. In 2021, they started off the season two and five with four double-digit losses within the first seven weeks. And in 2022, they start off the season one and two with two double-digit losses through the first three weeks. So they are on pace. The Commanders are are on pace for uh, another another year of the Commanders. I will say that is one of the more depressed. I don't know why. I don't know why if Twitter has been suggesting this to me, but I get a lot of Commanders fan tweets in my timeline. Oh, I don't know if it's similar to the Lions or because the Lions played them and whatever, but it's very depressing. Commanders Twitter is very depressing, so I would I would not recommend Commanders Twitter to anyone who wants to uh, maintain solid outlook on football a rosy outlook some might say and then my last one uh nathaniel hackett uh they hired a coach to help with his game management and the coach is now zero and two on challenges and recommended punting on fourth and inches in the fourth quarter while trailing by five that rocks that's uh, just that's awesome exactly that what he's supposed huge. to do yep that is that is a lot of money that is being the the return on that investment is clearly pretty, pretty freaking, pretty freaking great. So, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I, how long is Nathaniel Hackett's leash? I've I've seen that in the odds. It's like Matt Rule is number one on the odds to be fired, and Nathaniel Hackett is is close. I mean, they're not close, but like after that, it's like Nathaniel Hackett is in, right in that very next tier of guys. Which would be sad because, like, obviously, whatever, you should get a chance for longer for an NFL coach. But, like, I mean, he's been so bad. He's been just, like, atrociously bad. I, I would be so – I were a Broncos fan. I don't know if I'd be able to take it anymore. I don't know if I could live with myself. Just, like, how excited I would have been for the season and then how much of a letdown. There are two offenses this year with one offensive touchdown on the year, and they are the Broncos and the Buccaneers. Oh, so that's not true. Sorry, they are averaging one touchdown per game offensively, mm-hmm. the Broncos and the Buccaneers. But that is not what we would have predicted coming into the season. I don't know. Hopefully, they turn around. Yeah, so that's all I got. Yeah. Good collection of things there. I think it is time for some top fives. 
Um, I'm going to defer to you guys here mm -hmm. uh, to go over your top fives first because I'm debating whether to rank the top five foods that were linked. Whoop, emergency. Yep. Uh, top five foods that were linked to my last two days or a different top five. I'm still thinking. Um, so whoever wants to kick off, go for it. Can go for it. I know Colin goes for the the off the cuff one usually, so give him give him some time to, to free ball here. Is that is that the case? I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, it sounds good. Okay, cool. The Cleveland Guardians have clinched the American League Central. Very unexpected, youngest team in baseball. Very excited for the playoffs here. And since they're the youngest team in baseball, they have debuted a ton of rookies this year. I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but I think it's in the teens by this point, which is a lot for a division-winning team. So I am going to name my top five Guardians rookies from this year. Uh, it's not necessarily in terms of their performance, although that will play a large role in this. Let's get it going. At number five, we're going to have a tie because I get these guys confused constantly. They have two rookie outfielders. One is named Will Benson and another one is named Will Brennan. I constantly get them confused. They've both had decent starts to their career. Nothing too crazy. Will Brennan debuted maybe two weeks ago. Benson's been up for a little bit longer. But two solid outfielders with very similar names. That's number five. Number four. We're going to have another guy that debuted recently. This is a pitcher named Cody Morris. They've been talking about him coming up for a while. He's made five starts so far. And, Sean, you and I have sent back and forth uh, text about the Guardians pitching factory. They just keep making these guys. Cody they're, Morris. They're unbelievable. <laughs> Cody Morris might be the next one. He's made five starts so far, 218 ERA. Looking pretty good so far there. Coming in at number three, I'm not entirely sure why he got sent down. He hasn't been up in the with the big league ball club in a while, but this is more of a uh, feel-good story, I guess. Nolan Jones, who was their top prospect for years, dealt with some injury issues. Obviously, the COVID year delayed his debut. He finally came up this year and, and, and played pretty well, hit a monster home run for his first career home run in Kansas City. I think it was like 450 feet plus. So that was great to see. And, uh, yeah, it's just been good to see him kind of deliver on his prospect status. Now, these top two, this is this is where you really get into the, the everyday players, cream of the crop, guys that have played a major role in the division championship this year. Number two, this is a guy like I, I'll follow like the MLB pipeline, top 30 prospects on the team and stuff like that. I, this guy was never on one of those. I had no idea who he was when he debuted, and he quickly won over the fan base. This is Oscar Gonzalez. I've talked about him on this show before, but KC is known for having SpongeBob as his walk-up song. He's a great contact hitter. He's a great power hitter. He's had multiple two-home-run games, plays great defense in right field, has cemented himself as an everyday starter in the lineup. I think he hits fifth most days. He's fantastic and a very unexpected contributor. But anybody that's watched the Guardians this year has to know who number one is. The guy who should be Rookie of the Year, he's not going to win it. I mean, no, Julio Rodriguez is awesome. No disrespect to him. But Stephen Kwan should be the Rookie of the Year. Hitting over 300, plays elite defense, 
always seems to be on base. The king of going from first to third on balls where most guys will probably stop at second. He is their leadoff hitter. He plays almost every day. He's amazing. And I'm excited to see what he and the rest of the Guardians can do in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, they've got a very good young squad, Finn. And you can get hot at the right time. You can be good. But at the same time, do they have enough experience to like win a couple of games? What do you think? I, I think they have potential to, to make a little run. I, I really do. I think they, they have everything. It's just a matter of being consistent and uh, yeah, being able to put up some more runs. They, they've been kind of skirting by by scoring you know four or five runs a game recently. They're going to need to up the offense a little bit, but I think they have the pitching staff and the bullpen to make a, a pretty sizable run in the AL. Uh, I'd agree. Pitching, pitching will take you there. They pitch, they play good defense, and they have Jose Ramirez. The man is amazing, and also Andres Jimenez. Uh, I miss him. He's so good. Everybody won the trade. Good for both Honestly, sides. Good trade. Yeah. You're welcome, Pitt. You're welcome, Sean. Thank you. <laughs> it's like the Quinn and Williams. Bless you. Thank you. Um. I can go next to my top five. Uh, I'll just go. You know, I'll go. I'm gonna do my my my, my first power rankings for the year. Three weeks. Ooh. Um. Number five, I'm gonna go with the Ravens. Just the offense has been so high powered. Defense does not look good, but you know, Lamar Lamar is a stud contract year. I think he can he can take them on a little playoff run here. Uh, hopefully they can win. Win some games. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see. I think that not to make a, a close division middle battle between the Browns and the Ravens, but you never know. I think I think the Ravens looked really really scary this year on offense. Uh, number four, gotta go with the Chiefs, even though they've not looked very good. If this wasn't for the the history of the Chiefs, they would not be anywhere near this. But coming off a special teams really oriented loss to the Colts, and the offense is desperately missing Tyree Kill. Uh, they just have not had the, a lot of as many of the big plays. Sky Moore and Marquez Valdez scantling are not as good deep threats as Tyreek Hill. Uh, uh, but I think Juju's Juju's been pretty good in, in two or three games. I think he might be able to help them. Uh, Clyde has looked not as bad, although why they used a first round pick on a running back to let him get out snapped every game and carry the touch of the ball ten times is beyond me. But you know. Still a great team. Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback. You can never count them out at this point. This is about as low as I can really go on uh, on the Chiefs. Number three, I'm going to go with the Dolphins. Uh, looked unbelievable so far this year. Mike McDaniel has created a great offense there. Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle are stupid fast. Two is delivering the ball. I'm interested to see uh, Dolphins. Dolphins this week against the Bengals on Thursday night. Coming off a big win to the Bills, uh, which you know we had some money on Dolphins money line last week, so that was that was a that was a nice. The butt fumble uh, did not stop me, uh, stop stop the betting win, which was nice, nice to see. Uh, oh yeah, wait, have we talked? We haven't talked about this yet. Uh, I mean, 
seems to me like, you know, I'm not going to pass judgment. I don't know this for a fact. It's possible. But the back spasm story from Tua uh, seems seems a little a little far-fetched to me. So yeah. Why would you say that? It seems like to me the kid who pitches bad and his arm hurts. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know if that looks looked so much like a back injury to me. Uh, you know, I think that the NFL's rule that visible signs of a concussion, you must come out of the game, no exceptions, doesn't matter what you do in the protocol. Not going to say that that had something to do with it, but I'm just going to put that rule out there, and you guys can go watch the video for yourself and make a, come to your own conclusion. I think the NFL is investigating. But I'm sure they investigate a lot of stuff like that, but... Uh, wow, that was a crazy... That was crazy. You know, hopefully two was okay. Hopefully it was just a back spasm, but that seemed like a, a crazy crazy thing to me and also suspend suspend uh god dude i keep getting everything recently what's the freaking lamar suspend lamarcus joiner dirty hit on t higgins people going after my guy t can't have it he's already had one concussion this year so i'm sick of it no more no more dirty hits on t higgins came back in the game because he's a stud but uh, i'm watch out lamarcus joiner i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna launch a petition if you keep playing dirty oh um uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna petition. Uh, all right, back to back to the power rankings. Number two, gotta go with the with the Eagles. Could have put them number one, honestly, but they are a dangerous dangerous team with a crazy good offense. Uh, Jalen Hurts looks like he took a huge leap. And you know what? I think that there's dark horse, dark horse Super Bowl contender. Defense looks good. Darius Slay's a monster. Uh, it's going to be – I'm excited to see what they do this year. I think they are a lock at this point for the NFC East. Uh, hey. Short of <laughs> short of Dak coming back and making some noise. Sorry, Sean. The 2-1 Giants are not. Uh, I think that is that – one, that, one, that one win lead is insurmountable at this point with only, uh, with only 14 games left to play, unfortunately. Uh, and number one, got to go with the Bills. Bills look really, really good. Josh looks really good. He did get – he said he is not hurt after the last week's game, but the absolute duck he threw on the last play of the game seems like he was hurt. So hopefully he's all okay. Uh, Stephon Diggs is a beast. The Bills look great. I am excited to see some Bills Chiefs and, and Bills Ravens and some good matchups coming down the pike. So uh, those are my power rankings to start the year. We'll see what happens going forward. Good list. Good, good list. I'd agree. I totally disagree. The NFC East is locked up in the Giants' favor. <laughs> NFC, NFC East, the Giants are, are the running favorite. They're going to be 3-1. and one. Yeah. It's like the best start we've ever had Yeah, in the, last, in the existence of sports talk therapy. Yeah. Can you imagine if the Bears and the Giants start this year 3-1? I mean, I something, something's got to break. One, one of those of two. Something's got to Unstoppable, unstoppable, un- immovable object and unstoppable force. All right. I'm ready for my top five. All right. Uh, I pulled an audible because I've had – usually do a food top five, but I absolutely love my birthday cake, and I talked a lot about my birthday cake. I had a great sandwich at the Mets game. I had the chicken and waffles. I had some good food when we were back at Villanova. But, unfortunately, this week March marked the official end of summer. Uh being me, I can still get sunburnt in the fall, but 
Summer is really the sunscreen season, so I'm going to go my top five brands of sunscreen. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Coming in, I knew this would be a fan favorite. Coming in at number five, not really a specific brand here. I'd admit I've seen Blue Lizard is the one that I've seen around. Gonna go with colored zinc. Now, if you're a little kid at the beach and you don't want to put sunscreen in your face, there's nothing better than rubbing some like light blue or pink, like colored zinc all over your face. Um, it looks funny. It looks cool. You don't get burnt. Uh, I have a vivid memory of my younger sister, Kate, one time made a pink and blue handlebar mustache with zinc. Um, can't really say I'm a big fan of zinc nowadays. Uh, you probably couldn't pay me to put it on my face, but yeah, zinc coming in number five, coming in number four, banana boat. Um, for some reason, I always associate Banana Boat with being like warm and liquidy, which might just be my experience of using Banana Boat like if I'm at the beach and it's been sitting in a bag and not taken care of. Um, yeah, I don't know. See, the, the orange container, the bananas on it. Um, quality sunscreen brand, but coming at number four. Coming at number three, this is going to get me in trouble with Rachel. Hawaiian Tropic. Um I never used Hawaiian Tropic at all before this summer. It smells amazing. In terms of smells and feel, it might be number one. However, in my category, the little sparklies in it, I don't know, that, that's a little bit of a minus. I'm already glistening enough. I don't need to be sparkling at the beach. Uh, but it does smell like pineapples. That is a major plus. Coming in number two, we're going with Copper Tone. I feel like this is the old standard of body sunscreen. If you need to cover a lot of surface area, you need to do it well. You go with Copper Tone. It's got a mom and a baby on the front, like holding, a, pushing a baby carriage for a purpose. They've got the sport version. It resists 98% of the UVs, re- resists sweat, heat, and water. Um, if you couldn't tell, I had it on my desk. I was reading the bottle. Um, but yeah, Copper Tone coming in number two. And coming in number one, the face sunscreen, the OG the standard, the dermatologist number one brand recommended, Neutrogena. Um, nothing better than some Neutrogena sunscreen on your face. Unfortunately, I think you might have to open like your own business in order to buy Neutrogena for your body. They're very expensive little tubes, but they work well. They don't get in your eyes, keep you protected and safe, and uh, they're awesome. And one year for my sister's birthday, one of her friends, as a joke, bought her Neutrogena 100 SPF. That stuff was like paint. Uh, honorable mentions here. We're going with any sort of generic sunscreen, like a Walmart brand, an Aldi brand, a Stop and Shop brand. You know it's going to be really runny. It's really going to be all weird. Like use it like last resort. Not great. And then probably the funniest one I've ever seen is Copper Tone had an addition that was called the Men's Sunscreen, and it was on sale. So my uncle bought, it. and there's a reason why I was on sale. It sort of smelled like someone's gym bag, but in sunscreen form. Um, not really a pleasant smell, but it did work. Um, I did not use it, but uh, but yeah, that is my top five sunscreen brands. Wow, I mean, I I had to mute it. I I lost it when you did the number one, and you introduced Neutrogena sunscreen, like. At 6'6", from Villanova University, it's 
Mikkel Bridget, like you did like an NBA All-Star intro for Neutrogena Sunscreen. What? That was amazing. Not all heroes win, 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 not all heroes wear capes, Finn. <laughs> Gotta protect ourselves against UVs. I've never heard of colored zinc before. I had to Google that when you were talking about it. And uh, I also wrote in my notes, there are honorable mentions. Like, th- this man knows sunscreen. This is another level. Did I miss any, like, obvious brands? I didn't think I did. Uh, Neutrogena, Copper Tone, Banana Boat. I actually agree with pretty much everything you said about Hawaiian Tropic. If, if you just take out the sparklies, it's easily number yeah. one. But I don't know. I've already got I've already got too many girls looking at me because I'm wearing my Pablo Sanchez shirt. I cannot <laughs> deal with the sparklies. Yeah, that was great. That was elite. But, but that was not the top five you were expecting. But uh, no, yeah. I mean you heard I, I audibly went what <laughs> I think after you said top five sunscreens. That was that was amazing. All Thank right. you, Are we, are we doing Weedles? Weedle time. Weedle time. All right. I got I got a few here. Uh, the first one here, I wrote, uh, what is going on in Utah? But this is not about the Utah Jazz, like that quote came from. Um, here is something that happened at the Utah football game last week. A 21-year-old Utah student was arrested after she threatened to detonate a nuclear reactor that is located on campus if the Utes lost to San Diego State. Um, that's a new one. Seems like a slight overreaction. <laughs> yeah. What did you say, Colin? That's a good thing they won this week. <laughs> I know, yeah. Utah won 35-7, so... Great uh, there. Apparently that was a post that was made on Yik Yak, and that is how that whole situation unraveled. Anywho, moving why, on. Why do the, why 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 do the Utes have a nuclear reactor on campus? I'm still a little. That's a it's a wonderful question that we all should be wondering. What what is going on in Utah? Yeah. Yep. All right. We're just gonna keep going. Keep moving on. Keep pushing. Jeez. Um, sticking in the almost uh, Utah still in the Pac-12? Yes, they are. Sticking in the Pac-12. The Pac-8, uh, Pac-6, Pac-4. The Pac undefined. Um, Arizona State, also a little wheel. Uh, Herm Edwards' coach just got fired, but it gets even worse because apparently Arizona State staff members were leaking information to opponents to help Herm Edwards get fired faster. That is... <laughs> That's. I wish someone had done that to Patricia. <laughs> yeah. Get it? Like I totally they're doing that, but also like you have to be such an a hole for your assistants to all do that to you. Yeah, that's like because like everybody knew he was on his way out anyway. They're just like, no, needs to go now. No more time. Yeah, that that was pretty. My, ridiculous. Uh... Not not a Weedle, but Aaron Judge his sixtieth sixty first home run. Oh, he did. There yes. it is. I I thought something happened because my phone just started blowing up all at once from mm-hmm. all the Yankee fans, and sure enough, but Eduardo Escobar also had a home run. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. 
Um, sticking in college football, I, I think the number of college football Weedles we're going to see on the show for me is going to increase significantly throughout like, compared to past seasons because I now follow this account on Twitter called the Sickos Committee. It's if you guys have seen the meme of like the the guy in the window like it's a sickos and it's like yes ha 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 yes are you familiar with that? Yeah. So essentially, take that and apply it to like the grossest, most ridiculous college football stories, and they all just like serve them up to you every day. It's absolutely hysterical, and that's where I get a lot of these things from. But here's another one here, college football. This is Missouri. They played Auburn this past weekend. Here's a tweet that describes their situation from uh, Roger Sherman from the Ringer. Basically, Missouri had two chances to beat Auburn by simply not doing the worst possible thing you could do right now. And both times they did the worst possible thing that they could do right now. What were those two things? Number one, end of regulation, tie game. They have a 26-yard field goal to win it. Wide right, not great. It's okay, go to overtime, go win it there. They are inches from scoring the game-winning touchdown. Their running back took it for like 20 or something yards. Instead of just falling into the end zone, he decided to reach the ball out for extra flair. I don't know. He fumbled the ball through the back of the end zone. They lost the game because of it. That is one of the worst losses I've ever seen. Two more here. One that was mentioned earlier. We have the Washington Commanders. Eternal Lil Weedles. They are a Lil Weedle because... After Jalen Hurts ran off the field, if you guys remember last year, the stands collapsed on Jalen Hurts at FedEx Field. They had to have a man who's apparently named Dom DeSandro stand near the new railing just in case. That is not a sign of a well-run franchise if you have to have a man stand next to a railing so it doesn't collapse on a player for a second time. That seems pretty bad. Yes. And finally, I hate to do it to him, it's my guy, but LeBron James has to be a little Weedle for instead of doing his normal tweet, hashtag the kid for Macron, he tweeted hashtag the mid for Macron. That is objectively hilarious. Uh, I'm also giving LeBron James a little Weedle, but for a different reason. Oh, what happened? He invested in a pickleball team today. My mom texted me about that today, yes. <laughs> Yes, um, I saw LeBron as an investor, as is Drew Brees, as is Jamie Foxx, I think. I don't know, maybe pickleball, the sport of the future. People are talking about it. People are talking about it at work. Um, I think it, pickleball is involved in the Dude Perfect colony. Um, yeah. Oh, um, I, I completely forgot that during bulletin board material. I Sorry, work people are being annoying. Um we're, that's like that's a big weedle. That's not a little weedle. It's like a good weedle. Um, the dude, perfect tower. Now, as I mentioned earlier, Finn texted me. Logan texted me. I think Roger texted me. I texted my dad. I just got a bunch of things. All these people telling me about the dude, perfect tower. This thing is electric. Now, one, I don't know how on earth they're building a one hundred million dollar facility, but I love it. And two, just some of the features of it, the trick shot town portion, which includes a 330-foot impossible shot, pickleball courts, an outdoor rec space, a restaurant, a movie theater, a mini golf course, 
I mean, it looks like the Avengers building, but it's going to be in Frickson, hopefully in Texas. You got to keep the dudes in Texas. We cannot move the dudes out of Texas. I don't want the dudes moving to like North Dakota to build like the, I don't know, the SoFi Stadium equivalent of Dude Perfect. Uh, but anyway, for, uh, that that's more so bulletin board material, but we, we forgot it, so it goes in now. Do you know what the name of the restaurant is, Sean? I do not. I believe it's going to be called Food Perfect. <sighs> that is so perfect, dude. <laughs> All right, is it, is it my up here? Uh, you can go, Con. I only have one little Weedle, and we already touched on it. All right. Uh, I only have a little bit. Uh, Bill Belichick on a little Weedle this week. Uh, he was asked if Mac Jones has a high ankle sprain, and his response was was this. Here, I'll see if I can play this for you all. I feel like that is a pretty standard. Do you guys see that? A little bit. I, I'm familiar with the quote that you're talking about. Yes. He said, basically, he just said, I don't, I, he said, day by day. So that's, that's classic Bill. But you know what? I'm going to throw him with the little wheels anyway. I feel like it's pretty obvious. He's going to be out of 68 weeks as a having pain, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's fine. Uh, what was our, uh, this one I need a little bit of a reminder before I little wheedle this man. What was our Jim Cantore discussion in Florida? <laughs> I believe the situation is – sorry, Alec, to throw you on a blast here. That was actually what I texted him about today before we ended up talking about uh, Brian's travels was Jim Cantore. Um, I think he brought him up when we were at lunch. Like, oh, yeah, and Jim Cantore stood right there, and every single Jim- one of us was like, who the fuck is Jim Cantore? And then, Sean, what did we name him? Jim Cannoli. Yes, sir. Jim Canole Jim stood Canole. right there on that boardwalk predicting the hurricane <laughs> and it didn't come. Yes. Well, I guess Jim, Jim Canole is having a day here, boys. Have you guys seen the Jim Canole videos from Hurricane Ian? Hard times. <laughs> one video, <laughs> a tree blows away and hits him. Like a small tree. Why is he out here? Oh, no. Someone needs to come get Jim Canole. Needs to be needs to be like he needs to be stopped and also saved like he needs both because clearly whatever risk tolerance procedures they have in place are not are not good enough. But you know what? I also think I need to offer Alec an, an apology. Maybe I should have known who Jim Canole is. It seems like Twitter is very well versed in Jim Canole. Someone said Florida hurricane scale. Uh, Category one, no birds. Category two, rain. Category three, Publix hurricane cakes. Category four, Jim Cantore is here. Category five, Waffle House closed. So, Jim Jim Canole is the bringer of the bringer of doom, and or nothing comes, and he embarrasses the people there. So, shout out. Hopefully, Florida. Hopefully, everyone stays safe during the uh, the hurricane. Did you guys see there are sharks swimming through the streets? I did see that. that yeah, crazy. a little, a little scary. Yeah. Um, yeah, street sharks are not good. 
Street Sharks would not stand a chance against Jim Cannoli. He would not let that happen. No, sir. Jim Cannoli would, would win that 100 times out of 100. I'm watching this video. Oh, uh, the NFL. Yeah. Sorry, he kept his balance when the tree hit him. That is so impressive. Oh, yeah. Dude, he, like, hopped to the tree. He, like, hurdled <laughs> it. Like, I know you guys can't see it if you're listening to this, but that's... Wow. He's, he's hurdling trees. It's absolutely wild. Um, so, crazy stuff from, from Jim Cannoli. Uh... Uh, the NFL is a little weedle this week for me also for, or I guess the referees, re- referees, NFL, everyone for, for penalizing Jamal Williams for his, his hips, his hips being truthful during the Lions Vikings game. Did you guys see his celebration? Three pumps. Everybody knows that. You can't do three pumps. Three pumps. Can't do three pumps. Two pumps or less. Uh, real life, not just the skit. So. That's my that's my last little little weed off the week. The NFL needs needs to be stopped uh, as as usual. Like like usually, I think there's been a couple times too where there's been like some kind of dance and it gets flagged for excessive celebration and people you know reference the key and peel skit, but th- it literally was the key and peel skit. First two pumps, fine. Yeah. Third pump, flag. Flag. Yep, and he's done it before. He does it like constantly, and there, this is now a problem. I, so. I have no idea why that literally flag. Yeah. Wild, <laughs> wild. All right. Nothing. My kids watch. My kids watch the game, and they are now in therapy, and they're, they haven't stopped screaming <laughs> since it occurred. So, yes. All right, I've got my my two little weedles. Uh, little weedle number one. We talked about the butt punt. It's amazing, but little weedle number two. Oh my goodness, I just forgot what it is. Wow. This hurts. Oh no. What was it? Wow, this stinks. That was bad. What what on earth are we gonna talk about? Alright, well I guess we'll just kill some time. I was I don't know. I had something. Something was up there and then all of a sudden Jim Canoli just flashed across the screen and just can't. Are we, are we going to jump to game picks and hope that Sean remembers in the middle of that? Is that, is that what we're going to do, or do you want to <laughs> I guess I discuss mean, something else? What did I... It was good, too. Oh, no. Oh, well. Um, well, well I'll think of it. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Hopefully it'll come during this show, maybe next week, if we can remember it. All right, game picks. I have figured out how to see what we did just for the last week and not for the whole season. So all of us went eight and eight last week, perfectly balanced. And on the season, we're still all separated by a couple games here. Colin in third at 24 and 23, myself in second at 25 and 22 and Sean in first at 26 and 21. All right. Week four already week four NFL season. Starts to fly by. Thursday night football. This is a good one. Dolphins at Bengals. I'm not sure why the, the, the Bengals are favored by four in this, which I think is a lot. I agree. Uh, contingent on two of playing, I'm going Dolphins. I agree. I think the the Bengals um, still being a decent team, but I think the 
Super Bowl run last year isn't indicative of who they are going forward. Give me the Dolphins. Oh, I've got Finn, I've got it. Hold on, time out. Oh, yes. All right, we my, have. My, my little weedle. Um, I can't really give – the Marlins are beating the Mets again. The Mets lost the Marlins last night. They need to beat the Marlins. However, I don't know if it's a little weedle, but it was just so funny. The Marlins put in an advertisement yesterday for the last three games of the season. They play the Braves. The Mets are tied with the Braves currently. And the advertisement said, calling all Mets fans, please come out to root us on against the Braves. We can all be friends. Hashtag beat Atlanta. As a team that has limited fans, this is a great great marketing ploy. Sending out this marketing ploy, I, I don't know. That's pretty bad. You can't. I, I feel like you can't do that. But I like it. Beat Atlanta. Go Marlins marketing team. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. I'm, I got it, Finn. I got it. Let's go. Okay. that I, I actually lied. That wasn't it, but I felt so bad. The Smile Girl. Oh. The horror, the, the horror movie, the scary movie that's coming out. Uh, so behind the backstop of the Mets game, this woman's wearing like a bright yellow shirt that says smile and just smiling uncomfortably big and not moving. Right behind the backstop obviously draws a lot of attention. My little weedle is all the people who thought this woman was just deranged. Um, it was clearly some sort of stunt or some sort of ad, and I looked it up and sure enough it was. Uh, and once people figured out and got the joke, it was better. But last night when I was at the game, she was there. Mm. Uh, behind the backstop, I blame her for the Mets' loss. That is a little weedle. And I saw her in the Jackie Robinson rotunda after the game. And uh, she was playing her part. She was just smiling, not moving, and people were just taking pictures of her. Great advertising. But scary movie. I don't like scary movies, so I'm not seeing it. And I picked the Dolphins. <laughs> Seamless transition. Back into the game picks there. Well done, Sean. Vikings at Saints. This is a London game. 9.30 on Sunday. Um, I don't think the Saints are very good and Jameis Winston is injured. Vikings. You have the Vikings as well. I think they're a, a dark a dark horse contender here for me. And the Saints cannot score. Cleveland at Atlanta. We we know where I'm going, so I'll leave it to you two. Cleveland. Um, I don't know. I, it's too early in the season for me to be strategically picking other teams. I'll go Cleveland, even though I probably should go Atlanta. But I'm gonna go Cleveland. Atlanta could win this game. I I they have enough offense. I mean, to, I, I I did not expect them to. Cleveland is only favored by one point in this game, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, I. Cleveland has had a nice start to the season, but they also haven't played any uh, elite teams, I would say. So I'm, I'm not too surprised to see a road game against a team that can put up some points. Have them only be favored by that little. We have Commanders at Cowboys. Cowboys. Oh uh, Carson Wentz is really not good at football, but I'm not a believer in Cooper Rush. I'm calling the upset. Commanders. Uh, I Dallas's defense is really, really good. I think that uh, Cooper Rush can get to four zero in this one, even if he doesn't have to do a ton. Next up, Seahawks at Lions. Lions should win this. 
They should. I hope if their entire offense is out, it's going to be bad. But I'm still going Lions. The line went from like six, it opened at like six and a half, and now it's at like four and a half or four. So. We'll see. Next up, AFC South. We have Titans at Colts. This is a this is like a coin toss game to me. The Titans should be good. The Colts just have Matt Ryan, who might will them to the victory. But the Titans cannot be as bad, right? I'm going Titans. Ty goes to the home team, so I'll go with the Colts. Here it is. One of these teams will be 3-1, and one, the Bears and the Giants. 3-1. Giants. Yeah, I have to pick the Giants, even though I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't like this at all. I don't. Uh, I don't know where where I'm going. But I'm gonna go Giants. Yep, I am. Uh, I'm going to the game. I'm excited. First game since the Giants Falcons playoff game in 2012, where the Giants won and won a Super Bowl. Sitting in the player seats. We're going Giants. Big time. Shout out to Julian. Jaguars at Eagles. Could be a good game. Uh, I just typed up the Jaguars really hard. Um, and the Eagles need to lose, so go Jags. If this game was in Duval, I might have flipped it, but give me the Eagles. Yeah, I'm going to bet Jags, but I'm going to pick Eagles and pick them. Jets at Steelers. Zach Wilson allegedly back. Steelers. Uh, Steelers, yeah. Uh, sorry, fan. I think we saw the Jets' only victory for a while. Nope, because we're going for the upset this week here. I think uh, I actually have no idea if TJ Watt's going to be back or not, but I think that the Jets have enough playmakers to maybe make some stuff happen, and the Steelers' offense is no bueno. So give me that upset there. This has nothing to do with the fact that I want the Jets to have more than one win, so I'm not constantly reminded of where their one win came from. Nothing to do with that. Um, Dear Lord, please, please, Kenny Pickett, come save us. No, I'm good, man. I, I think I am perfectly fine seeing Mitch Trubisky be the Steelers quarterback forever. <laughs> just forever. Just never let them have another good one again. No, never. I am perfectly fine with this. Um, Bills at Ravens. This is a good game. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. Really uh, great Ravens. game. Lamar Jackson has been unbelievable this season, but Josh Allen will bounce back and carry the Bills to victory. This is this is a tough one. Um, I'm going to pick the Bills as well, but I would not be surprised in the slightest if Baltimore wins this game. One of those teams being two and two, and the winner of Bears Giants, sorry Sean, being three and one, seems like it shouldn't be allowed. I think it's actually an insult to the game of football. Yes. Yes, it is. Chargers, Texans. Chargers coming off a disappointing loss. I think um, 
Everybody last year was talking about how the Texans were the worst team in the league going into the season, and then they ended up being a little bit more competitive than people thought. I think people are becoming reminded that the Texans are probably the worst team in the league, which is the plan to some extent for them. But yeah, Chargers all the way here. Did we pick uh, Jets Steelers or no? Yes, we did. Okay, I just forgot to click it. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Chargers too. Um, they'll bounce back from last week, and the Texans are supposed to be bad, but they're well coached. Love you, Smith. Yeah, it's not like the Texans being bad is nothing out of the ordinary. Like it's par for the course this year, but they are bad. That is who they are. Cardinals at Panthers. This is. Just don't feel good about this game. <laughs> I don't want to watch this game. <laughs> I would have picked the Cardinals, but like, it just seems like bad vibes. I think Kyler Murray's got to snap at it and play well. We'll go Cardinals. I can't believe the Panthers are favored in this game. What? Cardinals. Yeah, they're favored by one and a half. No. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just, I can't, that's absolutely shocking. I mean, Baker Mayfield, I've been a big defender, supporter of Baker Mayfield. He looks so unbelievably bad this good. year. It is absolutely shocking. It's not good. I actually did not think that anyone could have been worse than Sam Darnold and Kyle Allen and those guys, but it is happening. It's, it's happening right in front of my eyes. Someone is playing worse than Sam Darnold and Kyle Allen. Fire Matt Rule. Yeah, I. Still wish the best for for Baker Mayfield. Always be a fan of Baker Mayfield, but it was kind of funny to see this week a uh, a Panthers article popped up into my timeline where it was like, you know, Baker has been bad, but you know, DJ Moore isn't running good routes too. It's like, come on, guys, we're not doing the Odell isn't trying thing again. We're not doing this again. Yeah. Like, th- there has to be a point where you recognize the guy's just not the best quarterback. He just isn't. Patriots and Packers. This is going to be fun. One, two, three. Packers. 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 Yeah, I'm not, I'm say, not between, excited. Honestly, you probably put like a lot of combinations, but I'm, I don't really like Aaron Rodgers all that much. Colin hates the Packers, and Finn's a Patriots fan, and we still all pick the Packers. That tells you a lot. Yeah, it does. That's, that's a good way to put it, Sean. Broncos at Raiders. Um, side note: Did you guys see Russell Wilson's subway commercial? I think it was a TikTok. It's got to be the worst subway spokesman of all time, right? <laughs> so weird. Should I should I rank my top five subway spokesmen? Yes. Um, let's see. We got Sir Charles. We got Steph. We got Gronk. We got Russell Wilson. Um, we got Serena Williams. That's only I've only got five. Yeah, anyone else got any more? Uh, oh, it was um, I was confusing Subway with Duncan for a second because there was a a joke my dad and I always had is about you know what kind of fan base you're in if you're driving through Connecticut and you stop at a Duncan and it's Eli Manning that's advertising the Big and Toasted to you then you know that you're in New York sports country. But if you drive like a half an hour away, it was Gronk that was advertising the Big and Toasted to you. So that, that was a good uh, barometer. Not quite Subway, but yes. 
Uh, oh yeah, Broncos Raiders. <laughs> That's what we were on. Right. Uh, the Raiders yeah. are Raiders. zero and three. Yeah, that can't. You can't go to four, right? Yeah. I mean, like I hate actually watching the Raiders has been one of the grossest teams to watch all year, and I would a hundred percent be picking the Broncos, but I'm not because I hate both these teams. So Raiders, I guess. Yeah, both have, despite Denver being 2-1, and one, I think both have underperformed. I think the Raiders get their first win here. They, they should have beaten Arizona, so their record isn't yeah, I don't know how they, how they as bad them. as it looks. Um, yeah. Sunday night football. Chiefs, Buccaneers. That's a good Sunday night game. Finally. Yeah. And it's after we get Broncos... Raiders, Cardinals, Panthers, and Patriots, Packers at 425. That's the sad. Would you say we're opting out of the, the 425 <laughs> window? What did you say? Why? Yeah, I'm I'm protesting the 425 window. <laughs> why Why is the NFL not more proactive about flexing games? I don't, I don't know. Like, we have like 10 1 o'clock games this week, and the three 4 o'clock games are absolutely just the worst possible games that I can imagine. Like it's not that hard to just flex it, but whatever. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm. Okay. All right. Oh, uh, Rams 49ers? Uh, no, Chiefs, no, Chiefs Bucks. Chiefs Bucks. Uh, Chiefs. I guess. I don't know. I'm gonna go Chiefs as well. They bounce back after a sloppy special teams game that knocked me out of uh, my knockout pool. Ooh. One of my knockout pools. Devastating there. Um, I'm going to take the Bucks, but I, Chiefs winning would not surprise me in the slightest. Monday night. This isn't bad either. Rams 49ers. These games are always usually good. <laughs> always usually. Sorry. <laughs> um, I'm going to pick the 49ers at home. I'm kind of regretting it, but I'm going to stick to it. Uh, I'm going to go Rams before Finn can flop back to Rams. Yeah, I'm going to go Rams also, but I don't really like it either. They they have not looked very good. So, All right, that is week four picks. Hope's ice cream cookie sandwiches on the line. Anybody else have anything to add? To the people. Um, no, it's a great day to have a great day. Uh, live every day like it's your last day. Your Jermaine Samuel's year. Go Cats. 